Welcome back to Thoughts from the Tinkerage. As anyone watching on video can see, I'm doing Dad's taxi service again. So I'm in the car, and so apologies for the sound of traffic going past. People often say to me, I'd like to start a YouTube channel. I, I know YouTubers, so I hang around with YouTubers. Part of what is called the, the Make community, or as we discussed before, it's a portion of the Make community. Some of those people are on YouTube and Instagram. And you hear people saying, well, I'd like to start a YouTube channel, but I don't really think I've got anything to offer. Now, in a previous episode, I did talk about reasons to start a YouTube channel, and let's stand by those. But there is that element of people saying, what have I got to offer? What's the, what's, why should I do a YouTube channel? I want to do one, but no one's going to watch. I, I don't have anything to offer. I, I yeah, I'm just going to get, I'm just going to get people laughing or I'm going to get trolls. I'm going to get people saying that my work is rubbish, my video is rubbish. So I just want to address a few kind of answers to some of those points. I'm going to start backwards. The problem with the internet is that people often can hide behind the anonymity of a keyboard and a, and a screen. Usernames that are completely made up. I wonder perhaps if our usernames had to be identifiable to us by anyone, whether there would be the same level of trolling that there is. But yes, there are people who take amusement from being negative. People who feed out negative energy. I generally think they're probably rather sad people. I hope that people like that at some point will have some experience where they realise that actually being positive, sharing, encouraging, actually is a positive thing and it feeds so much better than being negative. But unfortunately there are people. I, I, I have come across examples of people stating quite clearly, and as a teacher I've come across this with students, that they make a game of seeing how many videos they can give a thumbs down to. Of course, the laugh is on them because there's there's been a number of YouTubers, including uh, some very big, like ten million subscriber plus YouTuber, might mean six million, but yeah, in the, the high millions, who took an identical video. They made two videos, essentially identical, and I can't remember exactly how he did it now, but one was given thumbs down. Only thumbs down. The other was given nothing. No response. And YouTube promoted the one with thumbs down. So ultimately, YouTube are interested in people keeping people on channel and engaging with the channel. So anything like a thumbs down, like a negative comment, actually is good in the respect that it is seen by the algorithm as engagement. So if you're the sort of person who like, you know, doesn't want somebody to succeed, don't give them a thumbs down. Just ignore them. Don't click on their video. There's, there's one first thought. Now, there are people who deliberately go out to find negative things to say. 
you see this in life. You see this on social media. The people who never post anything particularly cheery, inspiring, but will rather find things to complain about, anything to complain about. I, again, think some of those people are just negative. Now, it's easy to say, ignore the, the negative comments, ignore the personal attacks. It is easier to deal with with experience, like many things. But sometimes those snide remarks, those negative comments about work, can feel like they're hitting a target. And I think this is common to many of us who perhaps can be very encouraging about other people's work, but our own work, we often we see the faults and we we fall back on, on negative comments and take them to heart when we really shouldn't. It always amazes me the number of times you see negative comments on YouTube videos. And sometimes yeah, if you if you take the time to follow the sort of the channel and see if somebody has done work themselves. Ninety-nine percent of the time they have no evidence of being able to do the better work. The other the other thing that people say, well, let's ignore that. It's it's yeah, with the trolls, you can you can block keywords if you're not interested in profanity. You can you can block profane words, you can choose particular keywords to block. So if you're troubled by, for example, some of the bots or perhaps things like some of the sixteen thousand woodworking plans for two dollars, four dollars, whatever it is. It's all spam. You can, you can block those fairly easily. So, negative comments, trolls, it's an unfortunate fact of life on places like YouTube. It's easy to say they're easy to ignore, but essentially that's not true. Sometimes they're difficult to ignore, but with practice, it becomes much, much easier and they should be ignored. You know, how you deal with trolls, whether you kind of ignore them, whether you bait them. Some people like to bait them. Uh, some people like to try and convince them otherwise. And that is an important thing to think about. Sometimes a comment that comes across as negative is purely there because of a misunderstanding. You know, the, the predominant language on, on YouTube is English. Uh, I'm not sure how the numbers. I know YouTube's become very strong in kind of the near Far East, so India. So I don't know if Hindi or one of the other Indian languages may exceed, but I know there are two, estimated to be two billion users on YouTube. I suspect that the majority of those are English. Maybe this is just a bias because I, I speak English. But a key thing to remember, I mean, I, I, I'm in Europe and I know that a significant portion of people in Europe speak English as a second language. And English is not an easy language to speak, particularly when it comes to nuance. And without tone of voice and without an understanding of nuance, things are taken out of context. A comment may actually be presenting as negative, 
when in reality it's it's purely a communication difference. And sometimes when a conversation takes place, that communication difference breaks down and one realises that actually the point that at first appeared negative was purely because of the perception by one or both parties as to how the words were being presented. Okay, back to the, I want to go back to the, the kind of the first point where people often say, I want to do a YouTube video, but I don't think anyone's going to watch. I haven't got anything to offer. And I normally respond to that, say, nonsense. You sometimes get people saying that they want to do a YouTube video, but the thing they make, the thing they do has been done before. Who's going to want to watch another coffee table? Another wood turning bowl, another three by three LED cube, a another epoxy project. Well, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, there are two billion users on YouTube. That's a huge audience. Capability of gaining an audience is quite high. We have to remember that every person is unique. To give an example, I'm currently taking part in a project started by Rob from Prickly Source on Instagram. It's called Project 12365. And the idea is that every month for the next year, every day, people are going to do a drawing. And the drawing is going to be, at the start of every month, a new set of prompts will appear. So 12 sets of prompts, drawing every day. I'm taking part in that after completing Inktober because I want to improve my drawing skills. Now, there's a few of us taking part in using, there's a hashtag, hashtag, hashtag project 12365, 12 is a word, 365, there's numbers, and we're following the same prompts, and, and in a way, Inktober. Lots of people followed the same prompts in Inktober, I know there's some variations in that, but a lot of people followed the, 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 the main, the standard prompts. No, no two people do exactly the same image. And even when an image is similar, they're done differently. And each person brings a different thing to that picture. And there's the key thing. If five people make exactly the same table, each person's going to bring something slightly different to that video that they may make. The angles that they show, the, the details that they show, steps, the techniques, how to handle a material. Maybe they're using essentially the same tools, drill, saw, but maybe watching one of them shows maybe a slightly different technique. For example, maybe somebody's using a handsaw. And prior to using the handsaw, they rub some candle wax on the blade in order to reduce friction and to make it easier to cut through the piece. Somebody watching that who doesn't know that tip may go, oh, that's a good idea. I struggle with using a handsaw. I'll try adding a bit of wax. And this is, I think, true for every, every possible video made by every different person. Each one of us will bring something slightly different. Somebody may do a voiceover and may include far more detail. Maybe only though far more detail on one particular aspect, maybe an aspect that they struggled with, maybe they highlight a mistake. Somebody else may 
Just put a camera in a place that shows how two or more pieces may have to fit together. Somebody else may show a technique for making gluing up a panel easier. Somebody might show how to do it with hand tools. Somebody might show how to do it with power tools. Every one of us is going to offer something different. And then there's just the nature that some people like to watch videos after video after video of people making the same thing. I, for one, I, I watch a huge amount of TV. I, I very rarely watch live television. Uh, but the only exceptions are things like the Great British Bake Off. I do like watching that. It's a bit of a Tuesday night ritual for us. After dinner, after kind of washing up, put that on and kind of watch that rather than kind of waiting for it on catch up and watch it live. There's, there's, there's stacks of reasons. And a bit of me wants to kind of just start thinking of all those different reasons. But that's going to put lots of pauses into the the video and I, I don't really want to have to sit and edit through potentially dozens and dozens of pauses. So if you're the sort of person, if you're, and it's a couple of people, yeah, I've, I've talked to directly about this recently and you know who you are, but there's going to be others. If you're putting off starting a YouTube channel because you don't think you have anything to offer, because you don't think anyone's going to want to watch, it's nonsense. Yeah best time to start a YouTube channel was about 10 years ago. YouTube started in 2006 and all that. No, yeah. 10 years ago, that'd be, that'd be a good measure. The next best time is, is now. A bit like the adage about planting a tree. So start it. Unless you're one of the very few people who can put out some fantastic videos, and occasionally there are people who do that as your first kind of starting point. Most of us, when we put our first videos out, they're not brilliant. Well, certainly they're not as good as our later ones. So put a video out. Start learning your style. The more videos you make, the, the, the better your skills about making videos will be. Just try and improve each one. So they say on the uh, Food Blogger Pro podcasts, one I listen to, and Bjork on there talks about 1% infinity and making 1% improvement in, on an infinite basis, time after time after time. Small little improvements. Cycling and in the sport, they call it marginal gains. In quality assurance, in industry, often referred to as Kaizen, Japanese. Essentially, continuous improvement. Put things out there. Start learning your style. Your style will change, and that's fine. It can, it can change because you're getting better and growing, and at some point it may change because you, as a person, change. And you want to try different things, and that's perfectly fine. There's no one right way. But put things out there. There will be an audience. You may present things that somebody you do not know, that you've never met, goes, oh, I like that. I like the way they've done that. And you don't know who that's going to be. Maybe they'll comment. Maybe they'll say, yeah, oh, really like how you showed that. Really like your work. So, oh, those watching, it's actually the next... Well, you probably can't tell it's the next day, but again, Dad's taxiing, uh, new day, sun is shining. Uh, it's it's nice. It's actually morning, so it's a nice morning. Now, I haven't listened back, so I'm not exactly sure where I got to, but I was talking about how we don't always think that we have something 
other people are going to want to listen to or to watch. And I think that's completely and utterly wrong. An example that may be akin to this is actually in education. As a teacher, there were often times when I would give an explanation for something and some students wouldn't quite get it. It happens. It doesn't mean I was a bad teacher. It just sometimes an explanation for something, particularly if it's something new or something complex, just doesn't click in the student's mind. But a second explanation from a different, maybe using a different model, that may be enough. And as a teacher, one of the one of my favourite moments, one of the kind of the, the things that actually keeps a lot of teachers going is that moment when a student goes, ah, I get it now. Or they realise that they can actually do something. Though, so it doesn't matter how good you feel you are. If you're making something, there are going to be other people who want to, to make that thing too. There will always be people of different skill levels. I can't, I can't compete with, in terms of, say, wood carving, with people who've dedicated their entire creative lives to, to wood carving. I can't compete on kind of plumbing with somebody who's a professional plumber with 10, 15, 20 years experience. But what I can do is I can bring, and if you're one of those people who thinks that maybe you haven't got something to offer, you can bring your approach, your views on something. Your camera angles will be different to somebody else's. Your explanations, if you give them, if you choose to do a voiceover or if you're choosing to talk to camera, even if you're not actually facing the camera, but if you're talking through what you're doing, your explanation might be just that thing that somebody else needs. I've talked about previously about my reasons for doing YouTube and good reasons for doing YouTube, things like legacy, education. And sometimes I, sometimes you get that little bit of feedback. You maybe put a video out and it shows how to do something. And maybe somebody goes, aha, I needed that. Thank you very much. For me, that, that's, that's quite a, a kind of one of those kind of glowing heart moments. It's those kind of things. Yeah, it was worth it. One person. If I, if I could make a difference to one person's life with something I've done, then it's been worthwhile. Perhaps I should justify that with positive difference in their life. So just to, to summarise, if you're thinking about doing YouTube, but you're reluctant because you don't think you've got something to offer and you're worried about trolls. Well, I can't give too much assurance about trolls. I think trolls are a little bit like taxis. You've got the internet and people have got anonymity. They're all, there's always going to be somebody who, whether for sport or spite, says negative things. They're easily dealt with and generally they're easily ignored and should be ignored. I'm not, not one that kind of agrees with the kind of idea of feeding trolls. Maybe showing them kindness, maybe trying to show them that actually what they've said is wrong and there's actually somebody on the other end of their comment. Remember that there's somebody else that's often sending that comment and it, sometimes it is misconstrued as something negative and it's really is, is, it just a communication issue. But the big, the big thing, the big idea from this podcast today is you do have something to offer. Every person has something to offer. So, do it. 
Yes, that, that's that's a, the common call to action. Yeah, just get on and do it. Deliver something. Don't worry about whether it's great. If in the normal things, people's first videos aren't great, and be aware that sometimes some of these those big channels that you might watch, and you look back to their first video, you think, wow, their first video was great. There's a very strong chance it wasn't their first video. It might be their first published video. It might be just what's left after they've curated the not so good videos out. You have plenty of people who do that. It's, yeah, it's a, a valid approach. Some people don't. There are some very good channels, and you can go back to their very first videos, and you can see the massive improvements they've made by making small changes over a long period of time. So just just get on, do it. It's like planting a tree. The sooner you do it, the better. As usual, you know how to contact me and the CPU in quite a number of places. Tales and thoughts on the Tinkeridge in a number of places. You can always go back and listen to some of the older episodes where I go through that in more detail. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.